Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. for episode 157 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the sensual, body-loving creatrix behind... I think I have a hard time saying sensual. Let's see if I can say it with a straight face. I am the sensual, body-loving creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back at Blog Talk Radio. And I'm so excited about today's show that I literally have butterflies in my stomach, which is fitting, I think, (laughs) for the subject matter today. Um, But I do quickly, quickly, quickly want to mention something, and I say quickly because I know I have a ton to say about today's topic. But, um, well, first, just let me thank Heidi CC, Shiny Sparkly Witch, and K Coach, Coach, K O C H, K K O C H, <laughs> for the awesome five star reviews on iTunes. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for helping to spread the word about Hippie Witch and just for giving me a little thrill. <laughs> I also, my ego reluctantly. But my spirit wholeheartedly wants to thank someone who uh, gave me a four-star review, my first four-star review. She docked me a star for poor sound quality, Ashley Random, which I'm assuming is not your real last name. (laughs) Ashley Random said, I'd be more highly inclined to listen if it was better, the sound quality. Why not put ads on the show? And I wanted to address that because I am aware that the sound quality is not the best. And I have consciously chosen, well, let me answer both questions. I'm not going to put ads on the show anytime soon. Maybe I will change my mind one day in the future, but the show goes by really fast, and I do not want to endorse or promote anyone's products. I just want to talk to you all like you're my friends because I feel like you are. (laughs) And so I love you guys, and um, it doesn't feel appropriate to me you know, to spend a few minutes at the beginning of the show plugging such and such product. I don't want to do that. In addition to that, I put a lot of effort into my videos every week. I set up lights, I edit them, I put music behind them, and that takes a large portion out of my time to do that. And what I love about Hippie Witch is it's just like talking to a friend on the phone I just hop on here and talk. I write a newsletter every week. I write a blog post every week. I write ebooks and other projects. I am a mom to a special needs son, and I run this whole business by myself. I do coaching. So this is actually the one high point in my week where I just get to let my freak flag fly high and just be myself, and I don't want to plan. I don't want to set up a microphone or anything like that. So I will propose this to you. The best that I could do is upgrade my account on Blog Talk Radio, but I'm not going to pay for it. (laughs) I already pay for a lot of monthly fees that add up, and while Blog Talk is not enough, please let me know 
if you all want to support the show, I think it's $10 a month. So if that interests you, I will put up a donation button, and once it gets over 20 bucks, <laughs> I will upgrade my Blog Talk Radio account. Um, just let me know if you want that, and then we'll deal with that later if that's something you guys want. I, it's your show, too, so if you all are wanting better sound quality and you're willing to pay for it and you want to donate a buck, five bucks, when we get over $20, I will upgrade my account, and it will improve the sound. Not as much as if I had a full studio, but I'm sure it would help. So let me know if that interests you. And if not... Just consider this like a long-distance phone call with a friend, and um, just know my heart's in the right place. I love you guys, and I'm doing the best I can and having a good time. Um, If not, there are other podcasts that are really beautifully produced. Just please don't compare me to them because I do other things, and um, this is how I've chosen to do this show. So speaking of today's topic which is keeping in line with our theme for April, the body of a witch, how to embody the energy of an animal in order to empower your life and magic. And before we get rolling, I wanted to, I looked up on Google. It's so cool that you can put in a word now and it will give you the definition without having to go to like another website on Google. So I Googled embody to get a working definition for us today. And so embody means to be an expression of or give a tangible or visible form to dot, 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 whatever. So that's what we're going to be talking about here today, how to be an expression of a certain animal or give a tangible or visible form to a certain animal which is a little bit different than working with a spirit animal or a totem animal which is largely about signs and synchronicities, journey work, and imagination. Although the both, the animal exercise I'm going to share with you here today and totem animals, they could work brilliantly together. So this episode will probably be right up your alley if you are looking to further your connection with a totem or spirit animal that way. I personally don't work with totem or spirit animals. I have my favorites, and I get that little witchy, woo, like synchronistic feeling when they're they're around me all the time. Actually, it's not special for a raven to swoop me because we are surrounded by ravens and hummingbirds. But those are two of my personal favorites. Um, FYI, but I don't call them totem animals. I don't know why. I just never really got into all of that. Maybe because of what I'm about to share with you, because I I come at magic from such a weird angle, personal development, law of attraction, and method acting. And I hope in previous episodes and videos that I have successfully explained how intentional movement and the use of your body can have a profound effect on your state of being thinking, feeling, and that of the people around you, because that is really foundational to what I want to talk about here today, and I don't want to backtrack too much and get into all of that, Um, but boy, do I want to talk about this today. (laughs) I have been like hopping around like a Mexican jumping bean all friggin' day thinking about this. I'm so excited. Um, This is so fun for me that I hope I don't get too carried away with myself (laughs) 
and can keep in mind that many of you may be new to what I'm talking about here and might not even have heard of method acting, much less trained in it. (sighs) But have no fear. This is not about method acting. It's about borrowing one specific technique in order to enhance your magic and your life. Although there are many method techniques that are worth looking into that way as well, we're just going to be talking about this one. And a quick, quick background, very quickly, on what method acting is. For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, I'm talking about acting, you know, like movie stars, (laughs) theater actors, acting, acting. Sorry, my allergies are getting into my throat today. Sorry about that, guys. Okay, let's start at the beginning. Konstantin Stanislavski was an actor, a director, and most famously now, a teacher at Moscow Art Theater. I have all his big fat books. (laughs) And his most famous students who studied with him in Russia came back to America to start their own acting schools based on his method. And that's when method acting became a thing in America. And one of those students was Lee Strasberg, who maybe the most famous, and who I believe created the animal exercise that we're about to talk about here today. Another was Stella Adler, and then later Sanford Sanford Meisner, who was a part of New York's infamous group theater, along with Strasberg, he started his own technique, and the Meisner technique. And I actually studied the Meisner technique as well as method acting. Um, but the Meisner technique is more organic, and largely about listening and living entirely in the present moment, like the power of now. Um, And both, both of these are extremely useful to magicians or witches or anyone interested in creating a more magical life. So just something fun to look into and maybe layer on top of your your magical practice, if you have access to, you know, a Meisner Technique class or Lee Strasberg Institute or any kind of method acting in your area, that would be a really fun layer to add to your magic, I think. But the important thing to know about method acting is that it changed everything. So that's when you'll notice if you like old movies, like black and white movies and stuff, when method acting arrived, that's when we went, from the point of like overly animated, exaggerated speech and facial expressions and body language and gestures (laughs) to something that felt stunningly intense, intimately authentic and real. And it felt that way because it was real. It is real. Method acting is par for the course these days. Like that's what we expect when we go into to see a movie. Um, But in those early days, when Marlon Brando and then later Robert De Niro, Jenna Rollins, Dustin Hoffman, Jane Fonda, Al Pacino, when they came onto the scene, they shocked the hell out of the movies. They changed everything. And that, in my mind, is when moving pictures were elevated to the state of high art. Anyway, their, their performances seemed real to the audience because they were real to the performer. And method acting is a collection of techniques that typically take, they take years for a lot of us, years of rigorous study to master in order to get into that state of reality 
outside reality on command, <laughs> which is really important for actors today because they have to cry on cue and things like that. And those are real tears um, in the case of some of our best actors. It's, they're not glycerin drops, people. <laughs> There's real sadness there. So I'm hoping that you can see how this would be incredibly potent for practitioners of magic and how you could layer this into your magical practice, into a ritual. I think it's best to experiment with this stuff alone <laughs> before you take it to the streets. But I hope you can see the connection there and how it could really, really enhance what you're doing magically. Some um, famous, well, I think the, the first person I heard about, um, well, there's a couple. <laughs> arguing with myself in my head. Lee Cobb played Willie Loman in Arthur Miller's very famous play, Death of a Salesman, way back in the ancient days of the 60s. Um, you know, he electrified the world of theater and then later TV with this particular performance because he was so young and he was so convincing in the role. Willie Loman, his character, was old and beaten down by life. I don't know if you're familiar with Death of a Salesman. Um, Dustin Hoffman ended up playing it later on. Um, but he was such a sensation, and people were so fired up about this performance. And that's really when the animal exercise came into vogue, because um, he explained to Lee Cobb that the way he created this character was using Lee Strasberg's technique of the animal exercise, and he used an elephant. So he embodied the energy of an elephant to exhibit a man who is carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders, which Willie Loman certainly was. <laughs> My personal favorite example is Marlon Brando's Stanley Kowalski. I wrote a poem called Gentle Stanley about Jen. Stanley Kowalski, who is anything but gentle. <laughs> um, I have a cat named Stanley who, quite frankly, <laughs> looks more like Brando in his later years than when he was playing beautiful Stanley Kowalski. Uh, but his performance in Streetcar Named Desire, playing Stanley Kowalski, is usually held up as one of the greatest, if not the greatest performance of all time. And the way he achieved that, in part, was using animal exercise and working with an ape. If you've never seen Streetcar Named Desire, I personally think you are missing out. I've seen it 10 gajillion times. I love it so much. He's super sexy in that movie, <laughs> by the way. If you've never seen Brando sexy, you are really missing out. But um, if it, it'd be interesting if you've never seen it or if you want to rewatch it, to watch it, keeping in mind that he was working with an ape and you will start to see, whoa, he really was working with an ape. Um, Jim Carrey, a more modern performer, um, was said to be working with a pigeon when he was playing a Centura pet detective, <laughs> which you can totally see in the way that he's, like, jutting his head back and forth in this very pigeon-like way. I couldn't do that without physically acting that out. I'm so glad I'm not on video right now. <laughs> <sighs> And, you know, here's a funny example that is not about animals. Well, it's the the, the human animal, um, but just because it amuses me, just as an aside, I will throw this in. I actually worked with the male animal, the opposite sex, when I was in my band, Obedient Waves. It was a very – our live performances 
it was punk rock, and we yelled, and I jumped around the stage and stuff, and something that gave me confidence was to imagine that I had a penis, <laughs> and it completely changed my attitude and um, my orientation to the stage and the audience and, like, the weight distribution of my body, I completely changed just imagining that one simple thing. <laughs> and I think I actually got the idea from Patricia Arquette because she said um, in a very early interview, I think with Movie Line Magazine, which doesn't exist anymore, but it just stuck in my head forever, um, she talked about when she would be pumping gas in her car, she liked to pretend that the gas pump was her dick. <laughs> And I just always, that always amused me. It was so odd for, you know, a movie star to say that in a magazine. <laughs> it was like, whoa, okay, you're a trip, and I think I like you. Um, but anyway, if you're working with an animal, let's go back to bringing this back around to animals, you could do something similar by thinking of, like, a tail. And just, you could just start out by using your imagination. So how would having a tail affect your balance? the way you walk, the things you feel. Would it be an asset or a liability or both? What would it enable you to do that you can't do in your current physical state? How would you sit? How would you stand? How would you sleep? You can start working with this concept in the beginning simply by using your imagination. And you can go pretty far with your imagination, as witches know, um, so you could imagine having four legs or wings or horns or a really long neck or a trunk or fins. What could you do with fins <laughs> or a shell? But ideally, you want to spend some time in the presence of that animal studying it. That's how method actors work. They typically, they're, you know, when you're learning method acting, it's a really intense, serious, you know, form of study because method actors take themselves very seriously and you basically do whatever your teacher tells you to do. If he said jump off this cliff, you'd be like, okay, okay, I, I, I hope I make it. I'm jumping off this cliff. But they have you go to a zoo. So, I mean, you, they might, your assignment might be to go to the zoo every day, all day for a week, find an animal and just, Stare at the animal, study it, sit with it, get to know it over a long... That's why you want to spend all day with it, because just, even just sitting for an hour with an animal, you're not going to get a sense of its, of its life. So um, that's why you spend a lot of time with it, studying how it moves and just getting to know it in a more intimate way than you could by reading about it on the Internet, um, which we didn't even have when I was studying method acting, or I didn't have it. <laughs> Um, or even just using your imagination. And something really powerful that you can do, if you can, it depends on the animal and the situation, but look into its eyes. Look deeply into its eyes and, you know, think about what you're seeing there. What do you see when you look into the animal's eyes? Do you see fear? Do you see a truly wild nature? Are they the eyes of a predator or the eyes of a prey or of prey, I should say? Are they the eyes of the observed or the observer? Some animals can't see much at all, and they rely on their other senses. 
So does your animal have an especially keen sense of hearing or smell? How does that factor into the way it moves its head or its body? So you want to be aware of as many senses as you can and how that is informing the way this animal lives its life. Um, when does it move? Why does it move? What incites it to action? So you're probably wondering, how is this going to make my life better, Joe? <laughs> so I will tell you um, how to put this into practical application. Like why in the world would you want to embody an animal in a real-life situation, say at work or in a social environment? Because magic, magic, people. This is one of the most powerful bits of magic that I will ever share, share with you. I'm fully convinced of that. You have to experience it for yourself to know what I'm talking about. But learning how to do this, learning how to do an animal exercise is fun. It's fun. It's really stupid if you want to do it with other people. <laughs> I worked with a method acting coach in New York one-on-one. -on -one. And so I would have to go in. And this guy, this old guy, he was awesome. But he would be sitting there, and I'm, like, in the room, like, pretending to be a monkey, like, all by myself. And there is no, there's no monkeying around. There's no bullshit, like. They don't want you to laugh. They don't want you to, to fuck around. They want you to be that monkey, and they're going to, like, hammer it in until you are the monkey. And that can take a long time because you really have to get your ego out of the way. But if you can get your ego out of the way, that's why working in a group situation is really interesting because you have to overcome that pretty quickly. Um, it's astounding. It's astounding. It You... It's almost like stepping into someone else's reality. It's so crazy. Um, and obviously, when you bring this to the streets, you're going to do it on a more subtle level, which is what method actors do. Lee Cobb, when he was playing Willie Loman, he wasn't roaring like an elephant and like waving an imaginary trunk around. He was simply calling in that spirit. So at first, he might have, when he was first trying to tap into that energy, he probably did, like, lumber around like a big elephant with big, heavy steps, which he actually used that a lot in his performance. But he probably, you know, tried to be an elephant in a very, very exaggerated way. But then each time you practice, let's say you're doing this at home for yourself, each time you practice, you do it with more and more subtlety until it's really just about stepping into that energy and stepping into that spirit. So the more exaggerated, goofy details of trying to be this animal, they fall away while you, like, retain the essence of it. So you can take that essence with, with you into whatever situation that you're calling upon it for. So I would recommend starting at home in a ritual space. Or just practice at first. Even if you're going to use this in ritual, it's probably a good idea to practice. Because like I said, it's you feel like a fool when you first start doing it. You feel like a total jackass, especially if you're doing it with other people. So get that out of the way before you try to incorporate it into like a really important ritual or you try to like bring it to your a real-life situation. 
and then refine it and refine it and refine it into just like a more subtle energy that you can like tap into at will. And the way this might play out in your life is on a first date, for example. Let's say, um, yeah, let's use the first date. (laughs) What if you engaged your potential lover with the eyes of a predator versus the eyes of prey? And I'm pausing on purpose because I want you to really think about that. Like, what if you're sitting across the table with them at a restaurant and you're looking at them with the eyes of a predator? How would that change everything? (laughs) Um, This is probably very powerful for women who are often looking through the eyes of, of prey. We're prey animals in dating situations often, so what would it be like to reverse things that way. And if that seems too harsh or extreme, prey versus predator, (laughs) let's just say the eyes of the observer versus the eyes of the observed. Um, What if you hung back and listened like a watchful lion? Or you just kind of let the silly hang loose and monkey all around like an excited chimpanzee? I don't know if you're going to get a second date in that case. Uh, Hopefully, you're on a date with another chimpanzee. (laughs) No poo-flinging, please. Um, But what if you were being interviewed for a job? Who, Who would serve you better, a dog or a cat? A mule or a hawk? And speaking of hawks, let's just go on a little tangent here um, because I said mostly what I wanted to say. (laughs) Um, I had an awesome experience, two awesome experiences, actually, with a hawk recently in my hood. One was just this morning. Um, I I went on a walk, and I found a hawk feather, and I was so friggin' excited. I I ended my walk. Um, I was intending to go all the way to this church that I like to walk to, but I, like, got the feather, and I, like, woo, like, ran home like a little kid, and I drive a VW Bug, and they come with bud vases, like, built-in bud vases, flower vases in your uh, dashboard, and I have a little, I have some crystals at the bottom of it, but I stuck it in there to, kind of as a prompt, to take a higher perspective when I am sitting in L.A. traffic, which I have been doing a ton of lately. I'm not even the same color anymore. I'm getting tan because I'm stuck in traffic all the time, which is new this year. I'm just doing tons of driving, and it can be frustrating. So I immediately knew that I was going to call on the energy of this hawk and that the feather had to go in my car. So I immediately put it in my car. Um, And then a few days ago, maybe a week ago, Tanner and I, my son, we were on a walk, and we got swooped. We got swooped by a hawk. It was amazing. And I saw it coming for, like, a long time away. It was from far away, and it was coming toward us. And I was like, I think that's a hawk. Oh, my gosh, that is a hawk. Look, Tanner, it's a hawk. And he swooped so low over us. We could see all of the spots and stripes. We could see his belly. I swear if I would have lifted my hand up, just saying it gave me chills, I could have felt like his feathers on my fingertip. It was incredible. Um, So, yeah, hawks. (laughs) Me and birds. I seem to have a thing with birds. I am an air element, queen of swords, all that good stuff. So maybe that's why. But um, 
I am so excited about this subject. I know a lot of other things about method acting, and I've sort of been doling it out a little at a time lately because um, I'm not sure how it will be received. In my mind, it makes perfect sense. It goes with magic, like peanut butter and jelly. So let me know what you think. Let me know. Try this out. Play around with it. Like study an animal that is in your vicinity, your cat or a bird that, you know, is common in your area or a squirrel and try to move your body like theirs or just look into their eyes if you can and then see if you can bring that, just practice before you even bring it to your magic. Just practice, just play around with it and see if it shifts your energy at all and let me know. I would love to know if it does. Um, And also please let me know about do you want me to put a donation button up so you all can make whatever, a dollar, five bucks here and there. You can pay for the show every month. I think, I haven't looked in a while, I think it's $10 a month. It's not that expensive. You, do you really want the better sound quality or do you just feel like, fuck it, Joe? Just fuck it. Just do it how you like to do it. It's not harder for me to call into the show that way, way by the way. That's why I'm willing to do that. Um, It's just a matter of upgrading my Blog Talk Radio account. So let me know on Facebook. Email me, joannadevoe at gmail.com. Whatever's clever. And until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.